Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm joined today by Jeff Freed. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Pete. Always good to talk to you. Always a pleasure, sir. We are building the business case for search on the show today, and we have another fantastic guest to help us do just that. Martin White is currently Managing Director of Intranet Focus Limited, but he's been involved in the use of search technology since 1975. In fact, he's the author of four books on enterprise search. He's a visiting professor at the Information School at University of Sheffield, where he specializes in search evaluation methodologies. And as if he isn't busy enough, from 2011 to 2015, he was the chairman of the Enterprise Search Europe Conference. And in 2013, he was asked by the European Commission to undertake a study of the factors affecting the adoption of enterprise search technology in the European Union. To my knowledge, the EU has never asked me to do anything. Martin White, welcome to Shared Insights. It's a great pleasure to represent, I was going to say Europe, but of course, we're not sure whether we're in London, whether we're in Europe or not. The jury is out, apparently, on that. Well, we'll take you as you are, sir. I, Jeff, I, I wonder if you could set up this conversation for us. My sense is that if you ask your users to make the case for continuous improvement and investment in search, you'd get a set of solid, potentially emotional uh, responses. But why are we coming together to talk specifically about making the business case for search today? There's no magic about talking about it today. This has been a challenge for years with enterprise search. One of the reasons that I love search so much is that it touches everyone, it's subjective, and it's a really interesting mix of technology and people. But it is so poorly understood that it's often under-resourced. And that under-resourcing comes in part from a, a lack of understanding and a lack of business case. Martin who I've known now for years and who literally wrote the book on enterprise search, I just thought of as the best person on the planet to bring in for this subject. If you are able to articulate why search matters and what your business case is in your organization, you'll be able to do a good job at it. And so that's really why we're talking about this. Martin, what's your perspective on this issue of, of getting search to, uh, 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 to be a, a better invested resource in enterprise? That's a good question for a couple of hours discussion, so let's keep it short. <laughs> I think it might be useful to first of all look at almost every other enterprise application that runs inside a corporation. They are all there basically for com- compliance reasons. That's finance and treasury and HR. Some are there for customer delivery, such as ERP or customer relationship management. But they are basically there for sorts of compliance and customer reasons. People have bought them a lot over the years. They get business analysts to sit down and work through the work processes and what the gates are. And they control what goes in because you have to fill an invoice in in a particular way in order to get an accounts payable at the end of it. And this is a very familiar way of working for IT managers, and they're very good at it. And then you come to search, which is breaks all those rules. First of all, there is no workflow, because everyone who uses it has their own workflows. Every query is in itself a workflow. It touches everyone. 
it is something that you can get up and running very quickly in enterprise terms. You know, in the ERP, it could take you a year. With search, you've got a big crawl to do, but it's not a big issue. And then IT, just go away and polish the server because traditionally those big enterprise apps have their own support teams, whether it's from an external integrator or internally. Now with search, there are those support teams aren't there. Um, and I think the key thing I want to get across to people, it's not the cost of the technology investment, which I think is coming down all the time at the present moment in real terms. It's the cost of getting the people on board to help make it work. And that's not just a cost. It's a headcount issue at a time when every company wants to manage its headcount. And IT say, hey, we need four people to run search. Well, why? You know, it's been running fine, hasn't it, for the last 10 years? So it, it's a, it's so totally different. And I think that's where IT managers don't have, if you like, a template that they can follow to work out what the level of investment should be. Yeah, that's absolutely true, Martin. And I, although I'm a technologist, I've gotten more and more aware of this as a conundrum for IT. You know, I started doing talks on search strategy and then information strategy. There's all kinds of layers of the onion. And I think simply helping people craft a business case will go a long way because people don't know how to do it. But I, I think it's a pretty ripe time. I know I said a minute ago that this is a problem that's been perennial, but call me an optimist, but I think it's, it's changing because of a couple of things. I think there's a new wave of awareness, you might say hype, around intelligent search offerings or cognitive offerings or and whatever you may think about those or about the big data hype, it does create a teachable moment in organizations around the value of information and the value of having an information strategy. I also think in the search industry, there are some interesting changes highlighted by the fact that Google has pulled out of the enterprise search business. They've discontinued the Google search appliance. And for many years, one of the key challenges in doing search well was the mentality that you could plug it in and walk away, uh, which is very much a fallacy. But that was a mentality that was being uh, promulgated by Google to their own detriment and as well as to the detriment of everyone else in the industry. So that force has gone between sort of intelligent search movements and open source and you know, new offerings, there's, I, I hope, a new awareness. That's, that makes it a good time to help people figure out how to get a good business grounding for their uh, findability initiative. I think other things have changed too, Jeff, is that I think implicitly there is a recognition of the value of information now because people are recognizing that collaboration is really about exchanging information and knowledge, that social media is all about often expertise, about bits of information flowing at high speed around the company. So I have a sense that although probably they don't think in terms of an information management strategy, Managers throughout the business are beginning to realize that information is important. And I think one of the findings 
from the FindWise survey. And FindWise is a Swedish search integrator that's been running a five-year, for five years now, it's been running surveys of the global search business. And one of the most interesting results from the 2016 survey was that companies are now prioritizing decision support as their business case for search. They're, they're not seeing it as finding a document or even finding it bits of information, but how does search support decision-making in the organization? And that brings them much closer to making sure that the business stays in business, if you like. Yeah, so it pushes a- it up almost to board level instead of just being used by a bunch of people around the firm who couldn't find the HR policy. Yeah, absolutely. For those listeners that may not be familiar with FindWise, we'll put a link in to this podcast, but also there's an upcoming webinar jointly with BA Insight and FindWise uh, that will be in March. So watch this space. Um, One of the things that also gives me optimism from that sort of longitudinal study over the last five years is that more and more firms actually have what they identify as a findability strategy. And those firms that have a strategy also report that their their search is much more effective. There, there's a, a way to do search well. And if you find that you are stuck with search that sucks, part of it is having a, a awareness of the business value and turning that into a strategy. Yeah, I think that's important. Those fine wise surveys are important and also a survey that AIM did a couple of years ago. Because Jeff, you and I have been in this business long enough to know that up until about 2012, it was a black art. We had to guess what was going on. And, and FindWise started these surveys, added to by AIM, and now there are others that are starting to, to make the, the search, the whole question of search much more visible so that IT managers can sense we're not alone in this. Everyone else is having a struggle. But if we solve it, we have a competitive advantage. So let's think about how we can solve it. So, so Martin, one of the reasons I'm so excited about having you here is that you are not just somebody who knows this industry extremely well, but you do consulting for a living and you help people make business cases like this. So how do you go about doing it? Well, I think it's a really a question of classic gap analysis. Uh, I'm usually called in. There's a. I'm usually called in because. Someone has shouted at the IT department. It's usually a senior manager because they can't find something they're looking for. So I, I, I tend to go in and do quite shallow surveys at both a senior management level and at a, a middle management level. And at senior management, they all say, well, search doesn't seem to work, but, it, but there are no good stories. But when you talk to the middle managers, you find that there are stories out there of if only we had been able to find that project report, we could have bid more effectively on the next project. And it's the stories I bring up because the stories worry the main board. And a very good example for a big engineering company is that when we actually put some of their staff in front of the search application, we noticed they were clicking on the company's website because the website had better search and better product information than the internal system. And almost at the, within minutes of, that, of a video being shown by the board, they decided that can't go on. You know, 
the people inside our organization have to be better informed than the customers. So I think it's a question of surfacing stories and not trying to do 622 people said that search will work better. Of course, having been at a number of search vendors, there's been a a tendency to try to reduce things to an ROI. And one of the things that I've observed and want to emphasize is that, first of all, that an ROI is something that's perhaps overblown. I mean, you don't do an ROI for an ERP system. You just know that an ERP system is really valuable. And secondly, that most of them have been based upon a very simplistic view of what search is and what the value of search is. IDC for years has had this survey about the cost of missing information so that there's a certain number of hours per week per user that uh, are spent searching for information that's been hovering around, you know, eight to nine. You know, the last last years, it was 8.8 hours per week searching for information, 3.7 hours per week searching for information and not finding it. And therefore wasting it. And the value of better search is in that little bucket, which is all about productivity. And that's good as far as it goes, but that's not the only value or even the primary value of findability, as you were saying, both from the stories and from the justification as decision support. If you get better insight, that has less of a value you can put in a spreadsheet uh, more of a genuine value uh, from a business perspective. Yes, I tend to, when, when I'm asked, as I often am, you know, can you help us build an ROI for enterprise search? I always ask them for the copy of the ROI they did for their ERP application so I can use the same overhead numbers. Mm-hmm. And then they say, oh, uh, no, actually, we didn't do it for the ERP. So I said, well, what about the new HR system? Oh, we didn't do it for that either. So why are you doing it for search? And you have a sense it's the board want the reassurance that it's going to be all right because they have no other means of judging it. And I tend to push people away from ROI and look at what's the risk of not being able to find information. Because with a search application is that you don't know when you can't find it, you don't know if it's not there, if it hasn't been indexed. You don't have the right security. It's been called something really silly, like sailing into the horizon. And actually, it's the fourth quarter sales figures. And you start to get people thinking about what the risk is. And my favorite story is when the UK Labour government almost fell because one agency had lost 25 million personal details, personal details of UK citizens because... The security policy that the agency should have used was on the internet, but no one could find it, so they used the wrong process for transferring the file. Wow. So when a failure to find stuff could bring down a government, that's a risk. What did all government agencies do within days? Sort out their search. I, you know, I, I had an example to interject here, but yours is so much better. I'm going to do it anyway uh, because it's a little bit more modest and doesn't involve the fall of nations. Uh, at a, a prior company, we had a problem with uh, the, the risk was coming out in terms of uh, people using outdated information. And so instead of investing in search internally, as IT had requested that we do, uh, they asked for a, a company-wide, which means nationwide, many-state strategy training 
on how employees are to better use version control so that when they save assets to their computer, they know what version they are managing on their own systems. And uh, of course, uh, this, this created uh, an incredible mess that was institutionalized at the expense of simply investing in search. So, you, you know, these two examples on our, on our mind, what do things look like when they're really going right? I think one of the metrics we've not talked about, but is used by several companies I've been working with, is employee engagement. Because companies often do an annual employee engagement. And what is interesting is that, by and large, they never ask about how well do you feel you are supplied with information? Is it too much? Is it too little? I've got companies to start putting an information overload question into their engagement survey. And it doesn't take long before you realize that information availability is related to the to the lack of stress in an employee and their ability to engage and enjoy working with the business because they feel that they can make informed decisions which is good for their career and good for the business. And in an employee engagement, if you look at them and get people to run them, you'll always see that if they ask questions about good access to information, you have better engaged, more fulfilled employees. So go and talk to HR because the thing they want to do is reduce the turnover of staff. And that's, if you like, Jeff, another aspect. I don't think there is a single metric. I think that what I tend to do is wander around and get quite a number of people on side. The compliance manager, the risk manager, the HR manager, the production manager, the R&D manager. Because no one's ever brought them together and said, what's in common? How do you feel search is going? And they all have, yeah, it could be better. So if you get this sort of department up groundswell, the board won't react against it because they have respect for these senior departmental managers' view of how they could improve the business performance. The the one hallmark for me of when things are going right is that you end up with multiple different projects and and multiple, I'll, I'll say, success stories, because a key principle for me is that search is not one thing. It has multiple different ways for multiple different audiences. Mm-hmm. And therefore, not only are there different values, in some cases it is productivity, in some cases it's quality work, in some cases it's avoidance of compliance penalties, in some cases it's 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 sort of the discovery of new opportunities and you start having success stories that may not be enterprise wide but they're even better because they're specific to use cases that you can put your finger on i mean it's kind of classic that you see people talking about how they saved a million dollars in penalties because they were able to respond to a lawsuit through Uh, e-discovery style things, Mm. or that they were able to avoid compliance penalties by responding in a certain period of time, uh, as well as getting metrics that maybe are along different lines. Uh, You know, in customer service, which tends to be a very highly measured area, you can see the needle move either in 
first call resolution, call avoidance, mm-hmm. those kind of things. In other areas, it's all rolled into better efficiency or fewer surprises. And uh, a public example that I that I still give in your neck of the woods, Martin, is from the UK Department of Public Health because they laid out an information strategy and then started seeing, you know, publicizing wins that came from the the patient's perspective, that came from the doctor's perspective, that came from the insurer's perspective, all about having, you sort of knowing what you know and having that together in the right place. I think one of the things that we're missing, I'd be interested in your views on this, Jeff, is that we don't see the Accenture's, PWC's, the big management consultancies in this area, ready to willing to help primarily IT managers. And if where I'm coming to from this is that I restrict me, myself working to pharmaceuticals, engineering, and law, because those are three sectors that I can have a good discussion with anyone in those companies, and they feel that I know enough about their business that they can confide in me. I wouldn't tackle finance. I wouldn't tackle central government, because I don't know enough to, to tease the stories out. And I think, I, you know, IT managers probably are, are used to going to their standard consulting teams, but they don't have that set of business plus technology plus information to really help them. I think there's a bit of a gap in the market there. Yeah, I, where I see it happening is within vertically focused firms because it just becomes an attribute of what they're doing to help a pharmaceutical with their overall compliance. Yeah. But I think the holistic nature of search, both that it it's so much about people and process as well as information, as well as technology, makes it hard for people to get their minds around it. And there's a, definitely a lack of people with the talent and the experience to look across that, for sure. Um, Capgemini, I know, had a strong practice, which became verticalized. McKenzie has a practice. Actually, they did a, a study at one of our customers of how much research was being duplicated, uh, mm. which is the, the most detailed thing I'd ever seen and actually couldn't believe <laughs> how big the numbers were. Search managers can't find the people to join their search team. Because just as there aren't consultants with that blend of skills, there isn't a big reservoir of people, oh, come and be my search analytics manager, come and be my help desk manager, because those people are not out there. We've so underinvested in the past that there are no career structures, there are no training courses, very few of them. So if we're stuck both sides. We're stuck in helping the IT manager define the problem. And then when we've got a solution, we have to say, sorry, but... We don't know anyone who can come and work for you. I know that in the States, Columbia University is is working on that. They've set up a, a whole uh, program, a master's program around that. I often get our customers phoning me up and saying, I need to find someone to do this. And ha- they have a hard time uh, getting the right talent. We're now at a place where there's new insight and new actual data on patterns of success in, in search. And... There's perhaps uh, an opening to change the mindset of this being, you know, plug it in and walk away. Then perhaps we'll see a wave of 
both new jobs and uh, and new charters. Yeah, I am. I am optimistic. I think we are at a turning point. I think that what's going on in AI, machine learning, contextual search, in, intel, uh, in, um, intelligent intranets, people are starting to see, wow, there's some stuff here I need, I need to be on board with. This is an opportunity. And I think there's much less resistance, resistance now. I mean, you're familiar with the law business. They're really embracing AI. They're not quite sure what it is, but they're going to conferences and talking to people, and there's, and there's some momentum there. In arguably one of the most conservative professions on the earth. Yeah, and they have kept an awareness of knowledge management and of the value of the fact that they are a knowledge industry. In the in the few search conferences there are, a few years ago it felt like the practitioners that had been around for a long time came and and whined. Everyone was complaining about how it was hard to get you know, enough resources and the lack of awareness and things. And that's, that has also changed. I think uh, people have moved on from whining to acting. And that's reflected in the growth of search strategies and the FindWise study in more job postings. And yet still, I, I think this subject of how do you create a business case, not necessarily an ROI, but a, a justification, I think, uh, People need help. Uh, but, I, but I think the vendors are doing that because with BA Insight, you've got a great set of resources on your site. When I look at Sinequa, they always publish their presentations on their site. Caveo are good at it. I think the vendors are beginning to realize that this is not an overnight sale and they have to provide the resources that are going to help people make a decision. They've got to build it into their pre-sales costs and timetables but I think they end up with a much more committed customer long term when they do it like that. Yeah, I, I think we certainly at BA Insight have have woken up to the fact that there is a huge amount of, I'll say, basic education that you still need to do all the time. And that as much information as we can provide, it's all in our benefit. And as an industry, you know, I, I, across all vendors, I think that we're committed to doing that in a in a way that lifts all boats, if you will. I still think I'm struck by the irony in many businesses of uh, the fact that they're information-driven businesses. This is certainly the case in pharma or in high-tech. And uh, let's see, somebody came up to me after a workshop I gave uh, in DC this November and said, you know, we, we talk about information as an asset. And if someone lost track of a physical asset or even gave you know a fund manager poor return on equity or assets they'd be demoted or fired but it it seems like if you lose business critical information or if you don't get a return on that information the same companies pay no heed Um, and i think that's an awareness issue if there's a way to measure or quantify it it helps a lot. And that's partly why we at BA Insight have invested so much in analytics recently in providing a way to measure both behavioral outcomes and effectiveness. Where I think you in particular, Martin, can help is that I don't think this is a one size fits all. I think that every organization has their their own business case and their own best 
way to measure and and move forward. Which is why I come back to decisions, because if you ask people, what decisions do you have to make on a weekly or a monthly basis, or what are the decisions you have to make ad hoc because, you know, maybe a competitor's made a sudden change to their product line. And if you can tease out these stories and tease them out in terms of decisions, you can relate that decision into the objectives of the company. You know, we managed to close on that proposal. We delivered at a lower price. We've got higher customer satisfaction. So I think it's looking at search from a business perspective and not from a technology perspective. I think that's happening but you know, podcasts like this will go a long way to helping people think, yeah, I could do that in my organization, and I could be a search hero. Yeah, actually, I was really heartened by one of our law firm customers who came back and showed me they'd been able to tie search to uh, higher quality proposals and a higher win rate, and mm-hmm. they'd been able to tie search to more effective pricing on alternative fee arrangements. So they may not be the metrics that everyone thinks about as effective search outcomes, but they're very definitive business, uh, higher win rate and you know better margins. There's mm. no, arg- no arguing with that. Those are absolutely questions I think would get attention of the, the people who control uh, much more of the uh, ability to invest. W- where do you recommend for listeners who are, are you know, users who are long-suffering in their or- organization, where do you suggest they go next to, to help them perhaps assess where they are and where their organization is in terms of investing in search? Where, where do they go? Uh, what's their, their 8 o'clock Monday morning, day one, uh, I want to make change in my organization? Uh, step. Martin, where do you think they go? There are a number of search consultants around the world. And one of the things about search actually is that you can very quickly dig into it and find things that don't quite work. Um, And a classic was I was looking for a man called Carsten Titterman, and a peculiar name in a big company. And I couldn't find him even though I know it existed. And the reason was I was thinking of Carsten with a C. He spelt it with a K. And the search engine wasn't capable of understanding that stemming requirement. And then you only had to look at the number of people whose names in the HR database were Christian or Caroline or Cynthia. And you begin to realize, hey, this is a so I'm, I'm always looking for these little bits of information in 60 minutes flat. I can scale up and say, if it happens for this person, it's probably happening for everyone who has a name that could be spelt with a C or a K. Um, So 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 some of those, and I'm sure Jeff Jeff does the same thing, it's quite quick not to say what the solutions are, but to give people a sense of, is it – is it a stemming issue? Is it, is it the way your facets are running? Is it a presentation issue? Just to start to get a discussion going, it doesn't require more than about 60 minutes or so. And I, I'm going to promote you for a, a, a minute, Martin. You know, While I was uh, laboring away at the predictions for 2017 that we did a podcast on, and you'll see on, our, uh, on my blog, uh, Martin was being much more pragmatic and published a 10 questions to assess your organizational commitment to search. And we'll, we'll post a link. And that is something you can do to just read and look at your own organization and see 
you know, where am I in this? Uh, and then a next step, I know that Martin offers, a, I call it a 60-minute check, is a, is a way to come in quickly and find low-hanging indicators, not necessarily to have a complete business case, but maybe, Martin, you can talk about that. What, what, what does a 60-minute check look like? Yeah, it, it's it, it requires a bit of a bit of um, research before I go in. I mean, you look at the annual reports. You you look for some names. You look for some of their products. You look for some of their competitors. So you go in with perhaps ten questions that I can be fairly certain. And remember, I I focus on some particular markets. Fairly certain that if it, if I put into the search engine, I know what I would expect to see back. And I'm also looking at the dialogue. As you know, Jeff, search is a dialogue. I'm looking to see if I put in a one-word query, does the search just say, oh, here are 1.6 million results? Or does it basically say, that's a stupid inquiry. Did you mean that or that? Or perhaps you meant that? Because people need to be guided through search because they're often... I don't know where to begin. So I'm looking for dialogue. I'm looking for some technical issues like stemming. And I'm just trying to get a feel of, is the search engine talking to me? Can I have a dialogue? Because the metaphor I use is if you go into Macy's in, in New York and say, have you got a birthday department? No, we haven't got a birthday party department. That's a pity. I was looking for a birthday present. Our whole store is full of birthday presents. How can we help you? You know, it's a question of of having the dialogue with the person on the information desk who then narrows down what age is it, what they're interested in, and you walk out with the birthday present. We just we've just titled this episode too, In Search of the Birthday Department. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, a absolutely fantastic conversation, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your uh, help and assistance in building the business case for search. Uh, I'll, I will absolutely put these resources uh, and the links you have mentioned in our show notes. Anybody listening, please just swipe up in your podcast app of choice, and you'll see all those links you can tap right over and, and read more. Uh, where else would you like people to go to learn about you and your work, Martin? Um, if you go on to www.intranetfocus.com, you'll find links there to my enterprise search book and a blog and stuff like that. So just go and hunt Internet Focus. Even Google can find me. Even, <laughs> Even Google. <laughs> Even Google. Um, and uh, I, I, Jeff, I, 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 want, I wanted to mention one one other thing in terms of the uh, a step you can do uh, that we've recently started offering at BA Insight, which is to do an assessment uh, on a data-driven basis. We offer this using our smart analytics application and essentially plug it in and watch then for 30 to 60 days and use that data. It's not as insightful, perhaps. Uh, I, I, I'd not say it's a, a substitute for a strong search consultant, but it gives uh, people clear numbers and benchmarks about how well things are working now and then on an ongoing basis how to improve them. So that, and I think that just that just talks to the fact, Jeff, you need a mixture of the numbers and you need a mixture of the opinions to build a business case. You can't do one without the other. You need the context. 
Outstanding, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Martin White, and for you being a first-time voice on Shared Insights. I hope you will uh, join us again in the future. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. And Jeff Freed, uh, CTO, BA Insight. Thank you for your time and insights as well, sir. Yes, and happy birthday, Pete. We'll find you a present. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be wandering for the birthday department. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. As always, you can find out more about Shared Insights at the BA Insight website. You can subscribe to the show for free anywhere the finer podcasts are served. Thanks, everybody. On behalf of our guest, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you next time right here on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.